Well, good morning. morning. It's good to see you. Hey, when I was in the fourth grade, um, we uh, went to an elementary school called Fred Whiteside Elementary School. And there were two times that I enjoyed the week. Uh, Obviously, one was uh, on Wednesdays uh, when we would have pizza. There was pizza day. Do you guys remember that in the public schools? Really good. We had a lady back there that was good at it. I mean, it was her calling to make that pizza. And so I, I love that. And then the other time was on Wednesdays, we would have a day where we would go in to the library and pick out books. Now, um, our school back then, they encouraged reading. And so uh, they w- we would line up, you know, Miss Porsche was our, our teacher, and we'd line up and we'd head into the library. And we had the sweetest librarian. Her name was Miss Bowles, and uh, her, her son Scott uh, was a friend of mine, and we, we would go in there, and every year they would give out books so that we could have, but my favorite part of going to the library was once a year, they would have the Gideons come into the school, and the, how many of you can remember the Gideons when they would walk, they'd go into school, you guys remember that? Uh, they would walk in with their business suits and jackets on, and we was like, what, Is, are we in trouble? What, what's the deal? But we weren't in trouble, we were going in there, and they would hand out the little New Testament. You remember New Testament with Psalms and Proverbs with it, and one would be red, and they would have an orange one, and they would have a white one. You remember those, those, those New Testaments? And I collected them. I mean, I had a red ones. I had them all, man. I'm telling you, I would collect them all. I mean, it was like, you know, kids nowadays collecting Pokemon and saying they got to catch them all. I wanted the word, man. I wanted them Bibles. I had them all, man. I tell you. And then if you would open the little Gideon Bible, you open it, it would have a picture of the American flag and And then right under it, that scripture that says righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Do you guys remember? Do you remember that? They haven't taken the Bible out of school. Gideons, um, you know, they don't come to school anymore. You know, they don't they don't have anything like that. But I miss that because that meant that back in the day, there was a lot of things that changed back in the day. Back then you could get a paddling. Remember, you get a spanking at school. You guys. Oh, look, some of y'all just like, oh, yes. Like it changed your life. Like some of y'all. Some of y'all was bad in school. Look at you. She's like, oh, yeah, I remember. I had a coach paddle me one day. He said, he goes, Liz, you got a choice. You, you get a paddling, or I'm calling your dad. I go, paddle me all day long. <laughs> I mean, I just stand here, right here, assume the position, you know, and then he hit me and almost broke my leg, and I was considering calling my dad, but all of a sudden, the fear of Donald Ray McRae came upon me. I was like, no, hit me again, because I, I started crying. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I love my life, you know. So, so that was, those were back in the day. And so that, one, that was one of the things that gave me a desire and a hunger for the word. What I believe is missing in the body of Christ today is that there's not a hunger for the word of God. How do we, how do we get back to, how do we as a people, as believers, get back to a, the word of God? A hunger for it. Not just reading out of, ob- uh, out of obligation. I got to read the word. That was where it was when I was growing up, though, because uh, my parents had, a, I told you guys this, some of you that don't know your guests, my parents had us in the word. You know, when the Bible says he should be like a tree and meditates on the word day and night, we was meditating on the word all the time. I mean, we were reading seven chapters a day. Parents had us coming to the table, reciting verses. That's how I learned the word. I really learned to remember our scripture from my dad, hearing my dad pray at 5.30 in the morning. He would pray the word. And so before long, I was quoting those scriptures right alongside him because he said them every morning, all the time. We were, I mean, I, I was in my sleep. 
God is my shepherd, I shall not. I mean, I was doing that just because dad would be walking and, do, and praying that, and it was all the time. And there was, but it was out of, some of it was out of obligation. I hated it back then, but now I'm thankful that they did that. But how do you get back to the hunger of the word of God? Do you remember when you first got saved? And they, I, was, I remember when you first got saved, you were, try, you were in the word day all the time. You were trying to figure it out. Even if you didn't know what it meant, you would read the begats and get, get happy about it. You'd be like, this one begat that one. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. You know, and you'd read stuff and get excited about, about the word. But where has the hunger and the, the excitement gone for the word of God? How do you do that? How do we get that back? How do we, how do we get back to a place where we're loving and, re, and loving getting in the word? We got a phenomenon that's going on in our youth ministry right now. Um, um, my daughter, who's sitting here this morning, has, has started a Bible study, and she has, has gone back because she remembers when I had the youth over at our house. We used to have a youth Bible study on Friday night called Inferno. I live on Ferno Street, F-U-R-N-E-A-U-X, and it was in my house, so we called it Inferno. It was in my house. And so we'd have the kids come over, and that was the only time back in the day when I, I had a pool table in the middle of the living room. Can't do that now. Pool table in the middle of the living room. Had an Xbox and PlayStation. And, and all the different and we and all and basketball games and whatever and the kids would come over to my house and I just remember just going God how do we get these kids excited about the word and he said show them I remember this is plain as that he goes show them how to study like you do I'm like Lord my 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 thing's rigorous he goes come on you show them how so we would do that I get them in there and I say listen all right we're going to take Romans and we're going to go through I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is a reasonable service be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove that which is perfect and acceptable will of God we're going to go through that I'm like ah we don't want to read it like we're going to read it and so I'd get them started I'd be like you you look up uh, I beseech you what does it mean to beseech well I don't know here's a here's a lexicon here's a dictionary read that read that by the mercies of God you find out what mercies is you guys find out what mercies is and what the Bible says about it they go be I found it what does it say mercies mean that 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 he is merciful and that he has granted us mercy. I go, okay, go deeper. What does Webster say about it? And you say, of God. And then you present. What does it mean to present? So I would have them all digging in the scriptures or looking up. I found it. I found it. Okay, what does it say? They'd be like, beseech means to pardon, to plead with, to try to get. Okay, good. Go deeper. What does it mean to, be, to plead? How does it mean? What does it mean to do that? They'd be like, okay. So they'd read it. And I'd be like, I'd go over here. And so they were all busy. There was a multi busyness in the word. And all of a sudden, we'd, we'd get uh, all to the, to the part where it says, be not conformed. What is that? And so so in the middle of that, I go, stop, everybody stop. And they'd be like, what? I'd be like, you guys, listen to me. We have, we have been studying a half a piece of a scripture for 47 minutes. And they would go, no way. I go, yes way. We've been in the word for four, and we hadn't even got to the rest of the scripture. And they'd be like, oh my gosh. I go, do you guys remember, did you notice that we have been in the word for this long and they were like, this is exciting. I go, yes, it's exciting to get into the word because his word is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It is essential, and you need to get in. I go, this is fun. I was trying to get them to see how the word of God was fun. And so they would go home, and they would do that because I wanted them to realize it's not an obligation that we read the word, but out of necessity, but out of also the fact that the word, you're about you read the word, but let the word read you. Amen. The word does that, and it transforms us 
into what he wants us to be. So that's what I'm talking about this morning. Um, even right now in the back, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to John, John 1. Right now, if you were to go back in our children's, children's, children's ministry and the little babies, we have what we call Time to Find the Word. They have this book right here, this little Bible. And what we did was we took a sticker that looked like Jesus and we hid it inside the Bible. It's in there somewhere. And so one of the games that they play is they open it and they look for Jesus. They look for Jesus. And you should see the baby. They look and they go, can you find Jesus? Can you find him? And they're searching the scriptures. And then when they find him, they go, ah, ah, and we're like, yes, you found Jesus. Isn't that exciting? And then they close it again and they look for him again and they find him in the scriptures. And see, some of you are laughing, but the truth is there needs to be a joy restored to you about finding Jesus in the scriptures again. Amen? What's the joy of finding who Jesus is when you look for him in the, in the scriptures because he is what you're looking for. He's in. Some, some people are just like, I only read the New Testament. Or I only believe in the red letters. I don't believe the Old Testament is necessary. I'm telling you what, all of it is the word of God. All of it. It's like, well, you can pick. It's not trail mix where you get to pick and choose uh, what you want out of the word of God. I want only the M&M. Vanessa gave me a deal of trail mix the other day. She was just like, here, you hungry? Eat this. And I started picking out the M&Ms. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because they're colorful and they're chocolate and they're good. And, it's, and, it's, and it tastes good, right? The cashews. Move the cashews out of the way. The peanuts out of the way. I want the good stuff. Listen, all of the trail mix is the good stuff. I want to tell you that all of the scriptures, all scripture is God-breathed. It's inspiration of God. God. This is God inspired. All of it from Genesis all the way to Revelation, all the books combined is a story about a God who had a plan in the beginning. And in that message is the fact that he all along planned to have his son come and give his life so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. And that's from Genesis all the way to Revelations. And so all Revelation. And that's what God is wanting us to do, to get back to the hunger of the word of God. John 1, um, in John 1 is what it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Listen at that, look at that verse again, in verse two, verse 2. He was in the beginning with God. What are we talking about? The word. Who is the word? Jesus. He is the word of God. His name, the Bible says this, his name is the word of God. Amen. So when my mother would call my name, she would say, Christopher, you know, and I knew I was in trouble. When she'd say, Christopher Darnell McRae, I had to stop in my tracks. I knew I was in trouble. When you say his name is the word of God, we're talking about him, Jesus, he is the word. In the beginning was the word. What do you mean by that? If you go back to Genesis, the Bible says that in the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and it was a void without form or shape, but the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. And then what was the next thing that happened? Then God said. What did he do? He spoke his word. His word was the thing that, is, it was the thing that he did next. And when he spoke, he created. Let there be let there be light. And they're saying even right now that light is still being created. And they find the biggest lens that they can find, and they try to look out and see something they've never seen before, and they'll be like, wow, we didn't know that's, this existed. They're still trying to figure things out. They get a bigger lens, and they try to look out and see the light that's still being created. That sounds like what's going on in heaven. They look up, and they see something in God they've never seen before, and they cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Then they look up again and see something in God that is so amazing, so unique something 
so great. And they go, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That's what's going on in heaven. That's what's going on in earth because we're looking out. His word is still creating things because he spoke. His word is powerful. And it says all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. And in him was life. And that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. The light shines in the darkness. His word shines in the darkness. And, and then the darkness did not comprehend it. And that is what God is saying. The word of God. When we talk about what his word is and, and how he has spoken to us, he chooses to do that through different many ways. But he speaks to us through, through his word. And here's, here's a, it says in Isaiah 55, you can turn there if you want to, it'll be on the screens. Verse, uh, 55 verse 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. That word void means empty. That means when I set out, when I speak my word, it will not return to me empty. But it will, it will go and accomplish everything that I set out for it to accomplish. Here's what that means. Everything that the word of God says about your life, everything the word of God says about your future, everything that God says in his word about your marriage, about your finances, about how you live, about how you are to conduct your life. How should we live? We don't live by bread alone, but by every word. Word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That means we hang in the message Bible says, and you hang on every word. Not what man says, not what society says, not what CNN says, not what news, media, radio, all those things saying, what does God say about my life? And what does his word say about how I'm to live? Amen? Amen. Because he said it. And because he said it, we can, we can take it to the bank. We can set our lives on it and we can, we can do that because of what he has said. Here's a question. Are we going to be a people who are ruled by our emotions? Are we going to be a people who are going to be ruled by the problems and the circumstances of life? Are we going to be ruled by what everybody else is saying? Are we going to live by the word of God? Because your emotions will go up and down, up and down. Your situation may change from day to day. All these other people may have this to say. They may have that to say. But the word of God will remain forever. The Bible says that the grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of God will remain forever. forever. Heaven and earth will pass away. But the word of God will stand. You continue to stand upon the word of God. The kids in the back are singing that song, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Sing it with me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I. You guys are, see, you guys went to children's ministry. That's a great plug. Some of y'all need to be working back in children's ministry. Oh, I'll just threw that, threw that in there. But the truth is, that's the word of God, standing on the word of God, standing on the promises that cannot fail. We had a leader that would say, would hold that out for a long time. Fail. We're like, stop. Let's go to the next verse. The truth is, that's the problem is everybody wants to go to the next verse and not stand on the promises of God. God said it. That settles it. I believe it. I'm going to stay in it, remain in it. Because the Bible talks about a time that everything can, that will be shaken, can be shaken, so that those things that cannot be shaken will remain what are the things that remain what is going to remain his word his word you can stand on amen um 
she's the one in here so I can pick on her because she's the one that's in here. She, a few weeks ago, she came to me. She's 17. She said, Dad, it's time. Like, what, what is it time? Time to get my license. She is the last one in our family to get her license. Thank God. Praise the Lord. So she says, Dad, would you take me to go get my license? I go, yes, I will take you to go get your license. She goes, you sure? I go, yes, we'll set aside time to do it. And so she goes, okay. She goes, um, can you do it this day? I go, we can do it on Friday. Yes, I'll take, I got one meeting in the morning and then I'm done. I'm all yours. And so she goes, good. Thank you. You know, and she's pretty as can be. She has those, that pretty long curly hair and she sits there with those beautiful big brown eyes and she sits there and when she asks me something I'm telling you what nothing gets me going she comes and says daddy the way she says it she goes dad what do you got going on and I know she's asking for something I go nothing why because I know something's coming and she asks me can you can you do that I'm like yes I, I can do it and then she goes good we have to go to Waco to get my license I'm like what see you didn't tell me that See, that's how they get you. They get you in with those beautiful brown eyes, and then they don't tell you that you got to drive two hours and ten minutes to go get the license. They don't tell, they don't tell you that. But, but here's the truth. But because, because, because I said that I would, and I said I would do it, I have to do what I said I'm going to do. Why? Because she's, because she's your daughter? Yes, because she's my daughter, but because I said it. She puts me in remembrance. Dad, you said that you were going to take me to go get my license. They would all do it. They, they would all do it. They'd be like, remember, you said, Dad, you were going to take us to Six Flags. You said, Dad, that you were going to do this. And because I said it, and I'm evil, and I don't even necessarily know what's going on half the time, I have to ask Vanessa, did I say that? I don't remember saying that. She goes, you did. I heard you because you were standing in this position. Your hand was like this. You had on that blue shirt, and you had them ugly pants, them pants that I don't like, and those nasty shoes, and you said it, so you have to do it. And because I said it, I will do it. You are laughing, but the same way, and I, I'm evil, and necessarily my promises, they will not necessarily, I won't fulfill them necessarily all the time, but the truth is you serve a God, and because he has said what he has said in his word, he will watch over his word to perform it and make sure that it will not return unto him void. That's the kind of God that we serve. He'll do it. He'll do it. So here I am driving away on Friday, getting my daughter her license. And, and the truth is, just because I said I would, some of you have forgotten what God has said over your life. God said, I am a God who does not change. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I don't change. So therefore, you can stand on what I said. It will not return unto him void. Amen? Here's what, here's what it says in Jeremiah chapter 112. It says, then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I'm ready to perform my word. The old King James, that's, that's how the new King James, the old King James says, I will hasten my word to perform it. That word shakad is a word that's used there that means to be alert, to be on the lookout, to be on the watch for. And this, and this is the truth. There's a great debate that's going. He watches over his word to make sure that it comes to pass. <laughs> Pastor Terry would say this to me. He goes, he watches over his word to perform it. He doesn't watch over your word very well, <laughs> right? He doesn't watch over just because I say something, but because he has said it. We're going to be a people that live by the word of God. There's a great debate that's going on right now is whether or not the word of God is inerrant. Is the word of God inerrant? Is it authoritative? Is the word of God the authoritative scripture in your life? Is it, is it not only authoritative? Uh, people talk about do, do the, does the word of God, does the people of God, do they have, a biblical worldview. 
means looking at everything through the lens of Scripture. And I'm going to give you a statistic. This I was looking for, for something that talked about after COVID, not pre-COVID, but after COVID. The American Bible Association uh, Society, sorry, the American Bible Society said that 54% of Americans believe that the Bible contains everything a person needs to live a meaningful life. 23% of believers turned to the Bible as a source of comfort during the pandemic. 23%. Believers turned to the Bible as a source, for the source of pandemic. 38% relied on prayer, and 28% relied on meditation to cope, to cope with the pandemic. No, not that many people turned to the word. Approximately, listen to this, 7 in 10 Americans believe that the Bible is essential in helping the nation sustain such values as faith and, and hope is 72%, and 71% uh, believe that love is the one that, is going to turn the nation back to God. Not anybody believes that the word of God is one of, is essential to turning to scripture. You would think that during the pandemic, when you couldn't go anywhere, that you would turn to the word of God and people would turn to God. I'm telling you what, I believe that the word of God, because it's alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and, and, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, would bring a people back to, back to seeing God for who he is. Amen? Bring them back to it. How do, you, how do you do that? How do you get a hunger for the word? How do you get a hunger for who God is? So here's, here's a first point. The word of God connects you to the, the will of God, the heart of God. You see, if you don't know who the heart of God, you won't try to find out what the will of God is, his heart. Knowing what his heart is for you, his will for you, his heart. What is it that you want me to do? God, how do you, how do, what is it that you call me to do? Because if you don't believe that he loves you, you don't believe that he he's, uh, has a purpose for you, then you won't try to find out what it is. Find out his will and ways. One of the things that when I first got married to Vanessa, and um, she still does this a little bit, she's changed now because we've gone to, we've gone to some ministry. I've gone to moments, which a couple of weeks ago, we went to a big ministry deal, a week-long ministry thing, and came to find out that I had more demons than she did. That's a shocker. Isn't that a shocker? You guys can, can you guys believe that? That they found out that I had more demons than she did. You know, I wanted to do that deal when they prayed with me. I wanted to do that deal. I'd be like, mm-hmm. Ah, you know, but I just, I decided not to. Um, but the truth is, is that, is that when we, we went through that deal, when we first got married, Vanessa thought that I should be, if I was a really good husband, that I should read her mind. I should just know exactly how she was feeling. Why are you ladies laughing? Why is that funny to y'all? I'm I'm not I'm not a mind reader. I couldn't find out what she was saying. And so she would use this phrase that was so it would so mess me up. It would so just just break me down. She would be like, you should just know. You should just know how I'm feeling. You should just know how I'm feeling and what's going on. And I'd be like, I have no idea. I'm like, I'm, I'm admitting to you that I'm dumb. I have no idea. Just tell me. Just, t- just tell me what to do. I'll do it. Just tell me. If you just speak to me and just tell me, I will fulfill whatever it is that you want. She goes, a real man would just know. I'm like, I don't know. The Bible says live with your wife in an understanding way. I understand that I don't know what you want and how you want. The deal with the notebook, I rewind that part where he could just tell me what you want. You got to see the notebook? See, some of y'all men are just like, no, ain't about to. I had to see that. Because that brother was like, just tell me what you want. Tell me what you want. And she still couldn't say what she wanted. 
She still couldn't say what she wants. She's like, you should just know. And I'm just like, no, just tell me. I want to listen to me. Look at this. Vanessa, listen to me. I want to fulfill what it is that you want me to do. Just tell me what you want me to do. It's my heart to do that. And she goes, okay. I want you to take out the trash. I want you to, she's talking to me all this stuff she wants me to do. And the truth is, is that, that when she tells me, I'm more apt to do it. Because knowing her heart, knowing the will that she has for me, helps me to want to do that because I love her. Right? And she goes, what do you want? I just want you to tell me how great I am. <laughs> I want you to come up with a worship song that says, how great you are. How great you are. She goes, not going to happen, buddy. So here's the deal. But you're laughing, but you'd be more apt to read the word if you knew it contains his heart for you and his will for you. Listen to me. It does. It does. It contains his heart, his will for you. So the word of God connects you to the will of God, the heart of God. And then in his, here's what it says when we talk about the heart of God. He, he who, the will of God, he who hears these words of mine, Matthew 7, 24, he who hears these words of mine, sings of mine, and does them, I would liken to him as a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But he, who everyone, 26, everyone who hears these words, sayings of mine and does not do them would be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains ascended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. It fell. I'm telling you, there's a lot of houses that are falling because they're not founded upon the rock. What is the rock? It's not a what. It's a he. His name is Jesus and he is the word. And it's to the ones who hears the word and does them is the one that will build his house upon the rock. And so there's a lot of things that are going on. So what's your definition of success? Is it the money? Is it the fame? Is it having a nice house? What is it? The definition of success is doing the will of the Father and knowing his heart for you. So the word of God connects you to his will. How do you know his will? His will is his word. And everything that you'll ever face in life come up against is found in the word. Did you know that? There's nothing that you can, that you will try to, you come up against that's not in his word. Whatever it is. If I need strength, I go to the word. The joy of the Lord is my strength. If I need hope, the Bible talks about hope. The Bible talks if I need, if I need joy, if I need whatever it is, it's found in his word and you can find it. And there's nothing that, that you could come up against that doesn't. So what about all this stuff that's going on in the world? I'm telling you, it's in the word of God. When there's nothing else going on, I can't hear his voice and there's so much noise and chaos that's going on, I can turn to his word and he still speaks to me through his word. Amen? If you knew that it contained everything, some of you are just like, I just need answers. He is the answer for the world today. He is the answer. I just need truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. I just need it. I'm telling you, whatever you need, it's, he, it's found in his word. Do you believe that? So if you, you believe that, then you'll go to it and you'll read it. Not just, out of, not just out of obligation, but because you realize that there's life there. I love reading the stories of the Bible. Anybody else other than me love it? I just love just reading it. Uh, Dudley's here, and uh, he a long time ago when I was younger, he would say to me, Chris, don't just pick up the word of God, the Bible, and just try to get a, get a sermon out of it. You need to get you need to just read it leisurely so to let it, let it come in and transform you. I like to put myself in the scriptures when I'm reading the Bible. I like to close my eyes and read where he was on the, on the beach cooking the fish 
and he saw the disciples out. I, I love to smell, to see if I could smell the I, When I'm reading the word, I try to put myself in the scriptures. I, I, like, I like to think he was cooking, cooking a big old catfish, and he was, you know, he put some hot sauce on it or whatever that, whatever. And he didn't, I don't put hot sauce on it. He had some bread, and there's probably that white bread, that wonder bread, that when you eat it, it gets stuck in the roof of your mouth. You know, I just try to imagine myself just reading the scriptures. And I imagine looking out there, seeing the disciples going, it's the master. And Peter jumping in the water to go see him. I try to put myself in the scriptures because it's more than just black ink on white pages. It's more than red ink on white pages. It is life. And those words bring power. And those words, when I read them, they come in. But why? Because the word of God is quick. It's alive. It's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul asunder and is a, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is naked in sight, but all things are open and naked to the eyes of him with whom we have to believe. And he is our high priest that has been touched with all the feelings of our infirmity, yet was without sin. I love the word of God because when I read it, it comes in and it transforms me. We are going to be a people who stay close to the word of God. Are you going to preach stuff that has to do with the things that are going on in the world? Yeah, because it's got to come out of the word of God, not out of my opinion, not out of what I think, not out of what everybody else has said, because I'm not going to live by bread alone. I'm going to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I'm going to walk and live in his ways and his precepts. I love thy law. I love his word because the word and when I read it, it comes in and transforms me and changes me and brings me out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That's why I read the word of God, because it is alive and it comes in and changes, transforms and makes me different than who, who I am, who I was, because his word is life and it's truth. Amen. Well, what about all this stuff going on? What do you think about that? What are you talking about? Somebody said to me, what do you think about this critical race theory? I believe in it. I believe that it's critical that the church get it right. That's what I believe. I don't believe in what they're saying. I don't believe with grace. I believe that we are with a people of God. We are one race, and God has called us to walk as brothers and sisters in Christ, and all this other stuff is foolishness. It's foolishness. It's foolishness. And stop teaching it to our kids because God said that we are all one in him. So, yes, I scared y'all for a minute. Y'all just like, I'm leaving this church. No. <laughs> Don't leave. I don't believe in any of that nonsense. Stop teaching that stuff to our kids. So I love the fact that Pastor Terry and I are walking together because I said this. One guy said, I love this fact that you said that you were father and son. Absolutely. I look just like him. I just was in the sun, in the sun longer. That's all it was. <laughs> it's a little bit longer than he was. But all the other stuff is, is just nonsense. And so the truth is, is that we're going to be a people that live by the word of God. Amen. We've got to do that because the word of God connects us to the heart of God, the will of God, so that we may know the ways of God. Anybody want to walk in his ways? Yeah. I'll tell you what. He said, here's what his word says. I'm going to read this to you in Exodus 33. And then we'll close here in just a minute. Exodus 33, verse 12 said, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and I, you have found also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way. Show me your way. Anybody else have that desire like Moses? I want to know your way. He says, show me your way. And three things, that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight, 
And we would, you would consider that this nation, people would know, consider this nation is your people. That I may know you, that I may find grace in your sight, and that we'll be the people of God. And he says, this is what his answer is. I love this. My presence will go with you. Who connects us? How do you connect to his way? The word of God? His presence. We connect to his presence. Anybody need an encounter with God? His presence will do so. Your presence, this is what he said. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. 15. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate and your people and I from the, all the other people on the face of the earth. The truth is, is that he's saying, show me your way. That word means direct. Here's what it means. Direct. D-E-R-E-K. It's road of, and course of life. Show me your course of life. Here's what the Bible says. I will show you the path of life. In my presence, there's fullness of joy. And at my right hand, there's pleasures evermore. I'll show you it. And my presence is there. Is the fullness of joy. It also means the mode of action. Show me the mode of action. Show me the journey. And it also means, here's a word I didn't get a chance to say in the first service. It means passenger. Show me as a passenger. Here's what that means. When your word says it, I'm going to sit in as a passenger and buckle my seatbelt because your word is going to take me places that I've not been before. It's going to take me and show me places. I'm, a, I'm just a passenger. When I read your word, I'm on a journey to find your way so that I can walk in your path. That's what it means. I didn't make this up. This is what I love because you guys are looking at me crazy. I didn't make it up. It's in the word of God. Amen. That I may know you. And this is why the word of God connects you. The word of God connects you to the heart of God, which also connects you to the ways of God. And here's what the truth of it is. When you, when you know and understand what the word of God is, that the word of God is life, and you, and you get to a place in your life. There's a time and come place in your life when you don't know. Everything comes dark, and you don't know which way to go. And here's what you understand is that the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will direct your path. Then he goes, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way and though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down. Then he says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Then he says, I will look unto the hills which cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven heaven and earth. King David said, thy word have I hid in my heart so that I might not sin against him. Then he goes, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, but every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, he shall condemn. Then he talks about the fact that he'll give his angels charge over us and they'll bear us up with his hand with their hands. And then they're so that we won't even dash our feet against the stone. But his delight his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his season, and his, we his, and his leaves also shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. And then all of a sudden, God is leading and guiding me and, and calling me to his word, and is directing my steps, and he will not cause my feet to slide because I'm walking in the will and ways of God, and everything that else that tries to come against me in my life will fall to the wayside because I'm living by the word of God and not by out of my emotions. Everything else will get dark. But living by 
the word of God. That's why it's essential. Anybody ever been in that place where you're just dark, you don't know what to do, and everything caves in around you, and all of a sudden his word, his word. And sometimes it looks like a teeter. You're like, you know, I'm just going to take the next step. I'm going to take the next step. And his word, his word, his word, his word is what we stand on because we realize that without it, without his word, everything else is secondary. Amen? Secondary. That's why we live by, live by the word of God. Some of you in that place right now where everything else seems dark and you don't know what's going on, that's when you turn your eyes on Jesus, look full to his, his glory and grace, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. His word is a lamp unto the feet. Do you understand what I'm telling you? It is his word. Amen? Oh, it's so good. So good. So I want to, I'm asking you that you, that the Lord would give you a hunger for his word and that you'll stand in that place and live by that. 